Well, good evening. My name is David Wool, and I'm the West Central District Missionary Committee Chairman, and along with committee members Dr. Joy Shields Miller and Reverend Deborah Seymour McKay, we welcome you to the 2022 West Central District Missions Celebration. And let me just say, as we always do as we start this service, praise the Lord. You may remember two years ago, we asked you to stay home because of the pandemic, and we had less than 30 people in this room during the mission celebration. Last year, we came back together, and you responded, and we had a great crowd here, and tonight is the same. So thank you for being here. We are so glad to see you. Why don't you go ahead and turn around to someone you don't know and shake their hands and tell them they're looking good tonight. I suppose we're not supposed to lie in church, but nevertheless, hey, yeah, yeah, now you got a real problem. All right, well, thank you again for being here. We welcome you not only in the building, but we also welcome those who are watching online tonight as well. Thank you for joining us this evening. As we begin, I want to say just a couple of quick thank yous. First, to the West Central District Missionary Committee. Joy and Deb have been a great joy to work with. They have served you well over this past year, and God continues to bless our committee and the work that we are doing. I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve with them and with all of you, our district churches and pastors and missionary presidents as well, as we continue to focus on the Great Commission movement. I'd also like to thank our district superintendent, Reverend Joe Duvall, who allows us to begin camp every year with this service. So thank you, Brother Duvall. We appreciate your support. And finally, I want to thank Pastor Jonathan Barker and the great people here at Cap City Church, from the people in the back of the room doing all of the production to the children's ministry and everyone in between. They have been fantastic hosts, and I know will continue to be throughout this week. Let's show Cap City our appreciation for them hosting us this evening. And now we are excited to welcome and please join me in welcoming the kids of the West Central District for the 2022 Kid Power March.
Let's hear it again for the West Central District kids. Hey, buddy. What a fantastic job. Thank you all for being here. Every year at this time, we have a couple of awards that we give out. 
And one of the awards that we give out is the highest attendance plaque for our Kid Power March and for the mission celebration. This year, the largest attendance award goes to Capital City Church. Give it up for Cap City. Who's here from Cap City that can accept the award? Who's from Cap City? You? There you are. Congratulations. Great job. And also, as the kids checked in, many churches were giving their Kid Power offerings for the year. And this year, we give the largest Kid Power offering award to Hedges Chapel. Give it up for Hedges Chapel. Pastor Steve, who's just a big old kid at heart, is coming up here. $2,735, and he tells me there's more to come. So praise the Lord. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. These kids did a great job. Let's give them another hand as they march off the stage. <laughs> What a great way to start our mission celebration, and we're going to keep right on with the music. Today, we are excited to welcome Phil and Crystal Spriggs and members from Heritage Church and their worship team. So let's show them our appreciation as they come and lead us in worship today. Would you stand and let's worship the Lord together. Let's start that over and get the sound up. <laughs> there we go. All right. Sing it with me. You know these songs. I know you do. I heard an old, old story How the Savior came from glory
give God a praise. You know, the greatest tool for sharing Christ is to tell your story, to tell the world what Jesus has done for you, to say, you know what? I once was lost, but now I'm found. This is one of my favorite new songs that we sing uh, at many of our churches, and uh, Rob's going to lead us. This is my testimony. It's a testimony, we all have one. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. Still the miracle that I just can't get over. My name is registered in heaven. Resurrection power, yes I do, still the miracle that I just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven, yours too, my praise belongs to you forever, come on let's all sing it, this is my testimony from death to life, cause grace rewrote my story, I'll testify. Oh, 
My testimony is that I was once buried beneath my shame, and I wondered who could carry that kind of weight. It was my tomb till I met you. I love that they sang this song yesterday at the conference, and, and I think maybe this could kind of be our theme for the weekend. We have a glorious day to testify, and that's when Jesus brought us from death to life. Amen? Let's sing it together. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my tomb Till I met you <laughs> I was breathing but now
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated for just a moment. We're going to go to prayer here, and we'll ask you to stand again. But as we prepare for prayer, this is a special time of prayer for our missionaries. And so I'm inviting our general missionary superintendent, Reverend Michael Tipton, to come. And as he comes, uh, we'll be inviting missionaries, and he'll be telling you a little bit about those who aren't here. And then we'll have an opportunity to gather around and pray for our missionaries, our missions projects, and the Great Commission movement around the world. Good evening. I uh, just want to welcome you again, and uh, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for what you do for our, our missionaries, for our Great Commission movement. Uh, I've got a few of our missionaries here this evening. I want to, Mike Brown, I wonder if you would come, Butch and Letha Jenkins, Tom Amlin. Uh, if you would just want to maybe line up here across the front. These are some wonderful people. If you do not know them, you need to get to know them. Mike Brown and his wife Donna have served for many years. Uh, Mike first went to Bolivia in 1986. And uh, he was, uh, he's a graduate of Ohio Christian University, and so we're so proud of Mike. And uh, I've said it other places, but uh, one, the thing that so impresses me about Mike is that there's no place that Mike will not go uh, to preach or teach. And so we're, uh, turn around so they can, uh, they can see your uh, lovely faces, and then we'll have, we'll have you turn around so, you can, so they can pray for you. But uh, uh, Mike literally will travel from the one, in, one corner of Bolivia to the, to the farthest other corner, and uh, it's just such a blessing to follow him and follow his ministry. Butch and Letha Jenkins now serve on special assignment. Butch serves as our uh, annual project coordinator and help and construction consultant, and Letha assists him in uh, so many of those tasks, and they have overseen construction projects, not just, the, not just the projects like things we did in Papua New Guinea, but all around the world, and uh, it's just amazing. Some of those projects are even top secret. We can't even tell you about them. But I can tell you they're making an incredible impact uh, in some very difficult and uh, difficult to access places. And so we're thankful for them. And Tom and Pam Amlin uh, are just playing a tremendous role in support of the Salome Church on the Gila River Indian Reservation uh, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. They have walked with that congregation for many years and continuing to resource and build up the local leadership there along with Steve and Debbie Cartwright. And so we're just so thankful for all of these folks. We have a number of folks who, because of various ministry commitments, could not be here tonight, but we just want to mention them to you. Greg and Teresa Leith are uh, pastors to missionaries. They provide pastoral support to 145 missionaries and, their, and missionary kids uh, serving in North, Central, and South America and in Papua New Guinea, and so we're so thankful for them. They just walk with, walk with our missionaries and, uh, through some the, the good times uh, and the difficult times. Uh, Peter and Karen Jensen are missionaries in a creative access country. We can't tell you their real names. We can't show you their real faces, um, but pray for them. They're preparing to return to their field of service here in the next few weeks, and uh, we want you to remember them. We also want to remember Benji and Erica Jenkins. Benji and Erica serve as area team leaders for Papua New Guinea, Cambodia, and Southeast Asia. They have just returned home. They're beginning their homeland ministry assignment, and so they are actually uh, at, a, uh, at an event in Georgia today and could not be here with us, but we want you to remember them and connect with them while they're here. And then also Sean and Bethany Wall. Sean and Bethany could not be here with us tonight, but they, uh, they serve in Papua New Guinea, have served uh, for several years now. I don't know the exact number, but you could probably tell me, but uh, um, 15, somewhere in the range of 15 years or so. And uh, Sean and Bethany are just doing a wonderful job in ministry there. And so 
we just wondered if, if our missionaries, maybe if you guys just want to uh, kneel or stand, whatever is most comfortable for you here around this altar. And we're going to ask that our pastors and ministers and missionary presidents and MMM board members and district missionary committee members and general missionary board members who are here and anybody else who may want to gather around, we want to just come and bombard heaven tonight on their behalf. These are the folks on the front lines of ministry, and so I would just invite you to come even now and just lay your hands on them and encourage them, and, and just we just want to just lift them up before the Lord. Would you, bow, would you stand and uh, bow your heads with me as we pray? God in heaven, we come before you tonight, and we just lift up to you, Lord, some of the most choice servants in your kingdom. God, we thank you for Butch and Letha. We thank you for Mike and Donna. We thank you for Tom and Pam. We thank you for those other missionaries who are serving on Homeland Ministry Assignment and those who are serving around the world. And God, we pray that tonight you would fill them afresh and anew with your spirit. God, we pray that they would sense uh, your presence in a special way tonight. And Lord, that you would give them strength for every ministry task that you have put before them. God, we know that the burdens that they carry are heavy and the projects that they take on are not easy. God, rarely does anything of consequence come easily when it comes to taking new ground for the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, as our missionaries are out fighting this battle, Lord, a battle for hearts and souls that will determine eternity for them, God, we pray that you would be with them. God, we pray that you would go before them. God, I pray that you would work through them. And, Lord, that you would just guide each and every step of their day and their lives. God, we pray your blessing not only upon them, but also upon their families. Lord, for their children and their grandchildren. Lord, would you raise them up, Lord, for tremendous kingdom impact. And, Lord, protect them from the attacks of the devil. And so, God, we just lift these people to you. Lord, we pray for the projects that are going on around the world. Lord, we thank you for the project that was recently completed at Christian Union Bible College in Papua New Guinea, and we thank you for the project that's been completed at the Taylor Community Center in, in McAllen, Texas, and Lord, for the projects that have been going on in Bolivia, in the American Indian field, and so many other places. God, we thank you for bringing along people who would pray for those projects, and people who would donate to those projects, and people who would go and serve on work teams. And so, God, we just lift all of these missionaries to you. We lift all of these projects. Lord, we lift the opportunities that are coming in the future, known and unknown. And God, we just pray that your spirit would lead us and guide us and forge together, God, a new sense of unity that would propel us to be the Great Commission movement that you want us to be. And so, God, we invite you here to this place. We invite you into every heart in this, in this evening. And God, we pray that you'll be with our speaker in each and every element of this service. God, may everything that is said and done glorify you and lead to the building of your kingdom. And we'll not fail to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. And we ask these things in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are thankful for our missionaries, thankful that they have accepted and continue to work on the call that God has given them and how they continue to play such an important role in the Great Commission movement as we continue forward.
During this time in our service, we take the opportunity to honor someone who has exhibited a significant body of ministry over a period of time. As you may know, upon his retirement, the West Central District Missionary Committee wanted to do something to honor and commemorate the service of Dr. David Latimer, who is our speaker this evening. And uh, as former general missionary superintendent for the years that he had invested and continues to invest, we created an award, the David Latimer Heart for Missions Award. And tonight we're honored to present this annual honor, this award, to someone in our district who has invested considerable time and effort into our missionaries and mission efforts Nominations for this honor are collected throughout the year from across our district and denomination. Here is just a little bit of information. God bless you. Here's just a little bit of information about the person being honored tonight. His ministry locally and around the world has spanned five decades. He has served our denomination by doing site preparation work for the campgrounds and RV parks at Mount of Praise and site and prep work for several buildings and athletic fields at Ohio Christian University. He has served on boards and committees within our denomination and has assisted and supported local churches by providing new roofs, equipment donations, and completing numerous construction projects. The honoree tonight has visited the fields of Papua New Guinea in 1979, 91, 2000, and 2021 for a total of 77 days on short-term mission fields. He has traveled and done work in Barcelona, Mexico, and St. Croix. He's donated thousands and thousands of dollars in tools and equipment to PNG and to Honduras. And while his investment in local and international ministries has been significant, I think his lasting legacy is how he has instilled a love for ministry and missions into the hearts of his family. His wife and their children combined have been on more than 25 short-term mission trips to 13 different fields around the world. This family has invested in the Great Commission movement, and it is because of tonight's Heart for Missions Award honoree that he has modeled this and taught them the importance of serving God and taking the gospel around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please join me in honoring the 2022 David Latimer Heart for Missions Award recipient, Willard Stambaugh. It is because of people like Willard that the Great Commission movement is alive and well and strong here in our denomination. Let's show him our appreciation one more time for all that he has done. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. 
Well, you just heard just how invested Willard and his family are in short-term mission trips, and I just want to tell you how vitally important they are to us, our denomination, and to the Great Commission movement. Work teams are vital to those efforts because they give people who may or may not have a call to full-time foreign mission service the opportunity to go to a field and to be a part of a ministry that is bigger than whatever may be happening here at home in our local community. And I just want you to understand how important these short-term trips are. They are the funnel for new missionaries. They're the funnel for new career long-term missionaries. In fact, over the past 10 years, 100% of the missionaries that WGM has appointed have been on a short-term missions experience. And our goal here in the district and in our denomination is to continue forward with the Great Commission movement and to ensure that as many people as possible get on a field for a short-term experience. Here to talk about his experience and the impact that work teams can have from our Faith Memorial Church, please welcome Nathan Arney. Well, forgive me tonight if my voice sounds a little hoarse. I uh, rode some roller coasters yesterday and failed to think of the uh, implications this evening. <laughs> uh, though I am far from most experienced when it comes to short-term missions, they have greatly impacted my life. So it is a privilege to share with you this evening. <clears throat> I want to take you with me to uh, an early Saturday morning in Mount Hagen, Papua New Guinea, um, just this spring. There was excitement in the air as we were at the uh, Christian Union College because we were about to experience a moo-moo. Uh, this is where they kill a pig and then cook it on hot rocks underneath banana leaves for everyone to share. Uh, as we walked towards the shed, were they going to be killing the pig? One of the uh, students came up to me and handed me a uh, steel club. If you want to know what happens after that, talk to me after the service. <laughs> that is just one of the many, many memories uh, that comes away from the... Uh, the trips that I've been able to take part in, um, and, and I'm just so, so blessed to have those. Uh, I'm blessed to be a part of a family that has valued missions since uh, the day I was born. There's been a large emphasis on missions, and I remember reading many books about Amy Carmichael, Jim Elliott, um, and going to church to listen to speakers like the Jenkins. Um, because of this influence in my life, um, I, I realized that I wanted to take part in missions, uh, even if, you know, if it, I don't know if, uh, you know, full-time or part-time, but as soon as I got the opportunity to um, go on a short-term trip, I did. So the first one I went on was in 2011 to uh, Dominican Republic uh, to do a roof uh, replacement on a church. Since then, I've been able to participate in five other trips, with the most recent being uh, Papua New Guinea, as I mentioned, this spring. Um, that trip, I want to just kind of go in a little bit with it being the most recent one. Um, I, last fall, had a great loss, um, the loss of my mother, and was not sure uh, that I could step into a trip so soon afterwards, um, but I went to the Lord with it because I was feeling called, and uh, just said, Lord, you know, I don't have the bandwidth right now to uh, work on fundraising, um, or, or really any of the other details leading up to this trip, but if you'll provide those funds and whatnot, I'll go forward with it, and he did, and I've heard so, so many other stories of people uh, praying the same prayers and the Lord providing um, countless, countless times. 
but why, why do a short-term mission trip? Um, the quote that comes to my mind whenever I hear that question is he, well, the famous, you know, Jim Elliott, I'm sure you've all heard this quote, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. What can we not keep? Well, we can't keep time, money, skills, health. Those will all fade eventually. But souls won for Christ are eternal. And he is no fool who exchanges those. In the Great Commission, go and make Christ-like disciples of all nations, directly from Jesus. So let us do so. <clears throat> Some other benefits of going on trips, the relationships formed, not only with the uh, people that you meet um, while you're on those trips, but those that you're on the trip with are some special, special relationships, and I have some lifelong friends because of the trips that I've partake, partaken in. Um, and as I've mentioned earlier, the memories. The memories that I have will last to the end of my days, and I am so thankful for that. Um, another question that people might ask, you know, why would I go on a short-term trip when I could just take that money and send it to missionaries that are already on the field. And uh, I think, you know, the first answer that comes to my mind for that is, though I have gone and, uh, and given, you know, as much as I can um, on these trips and in my abilities and my time and whatnot, I have always received many times over um, what I've given. And so I think it really comes down to the, uh, the impact on your personal life when you get to go on these short-term trips. It really is life-changing. It's changed my worldview. Seeing other countries and, and what they have to deal with has really uh, broadened my, my worldview. Um, blessings in this nation. We, we are so blessed. And, you know, we say that all the time. But when you go and see what these uh, people in other countries are dealing with, um, when it comes to, you know, we deal with power outages, what, once, twice a year sometimes. And they deal with it weekly, even maybe a daily basis. Um, in, the, in the last big impact that I was kind of came to mind is how small I am and how big God is. Um, going back to the PNG project, I remember uh, Butch in one of our meetings before we went on the trip said, you know, I just want you to know, don't expect to finish this project because, you know, it, we just didn't have enough people or enough time to really get it done. And uh, we had three weeks there, and on the very last Friday, we were flying out Saturday, we finished the project. And uh, it was just so cool to see how God brought us all together uh, and, and allowed us to, to work in ways that I don't think we could have without his, um, without his hand in all of it. Why should you go? If you aren't open to being stretched, changed, you probably shouldn't go. But if you are willing to go into the unknown, the adversity, the hurting parts of the world, I don't want to over-glamorize uh, short-term trips because we did run into some issues. It looked like we were getting ready to file our taxes every time we went up to the uh, gates to get our board passes on this last trip, just do with all the uh, COVID precautions and whatnot. But if you're open to that, then you should absolutely go because God will bless your efforts and multiply them and do amazing things in and through you. There's a place for each of us in missions. I truly believe that. So I urge you, if you can go, please go. And if you can't go, give financially or in other ways. And above all, pray. Matthew 9, 37 and 38, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Will you please join me in missions? Thank you.
So many, many years ago, I was the children's pastor at our Crossroads Church in Circleville, and Nathan, Nathan was in our children's ministry. I'm getting very old. Nathan is now grown into a young man who loves Jesus and who is going out and serving him. Will you show him our appreciation one more time for sharing with us this evening? Let me just briefly say, uh, as you heard, work teams have started again. They were suspended during COVID, but uh, Butch has taken some. Others have been leading teams from our denomination. If you're interested, if you feel God calling you to go to a short-term experience, then you see Michael Tipton sometime or give him a call. He'll be able to tell you the dates and, and the fields and the things that are lined up over these next couple of years that you can participate in as you continue forward in supporting the Great Commission movement. Well, as we continue to worship today, now comes the time in our service where you have an opportunity to give back to God that which belongs to him already through your offering. As you know, we are working with regard to our Kid Power offering to raise $28,000, and we need your help. Our goal for this evening's service is $2,500, and so the good news is that the $28,000 that we need and the $2,500 that we need tonight during this service is in your pocketbooks and in your billfolds and in your banks right now because God has already provided so abundantly to each one of us. And so whether you're here in the building or whether you're online, we want you to know that you can give tonight several different ways. One of those ways, if you're with us online, is to go to cccuhq.org slash WCD. And you can give safely and securely if you're watching this service right online. If you're in the building, we take cash. And so if you have your wallet, your purse, or if you don't, reach over to your neighbor. See what they've got. Because we are asking you to give generously tonight. And you say, well, you know, Pastor Dave, I just, I, done, I, I didn't bring any cash with me. Well, we take checks and so if you have your checkbook, please feel free to get it out. And then finally, if you say, oh, I can't give because I don't have any of that, well, Michael Tipton is standing in the back, and he has the credit card machine. So we can take your debit card, your credit card, and as we prepare to give, let me just challenge you that I believe there are many in this room who could give generously tonight to the tune of 100 or 250 or even $500 and be able to pay all of their bills tomorrow and not have a single problem. Now, I get it. I realize that things are expensive. It costs you more to travel here this year than it ever has before. I understand. But we are working to fund support ministries for the Great Commission movement. And we believe that God is calling all of us to take a part in that. And so we need your help this evening. And so we're going to stand and pray in just a moment. And as we do, we're going to stand because that makes it easier for you to get to your wallet and your neighbors if you need it. And so give generously tonight. Help us to reach that $2,500 goal and that $28,000 overall goal for Kid Power. And we know that as we do what God asks us to do, and that's all I'm asking, that you do what God asks you to do tonight. We know that we will be blessed as he continues to provide. So let's stand together, and as we stand, we're going to pray. The ushers are coming. If you need to go into the back and see Michael with your credit card, please do that, 
and uh, let's just pray and ask God to bless this offering uh, for us tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you for these people that are in this building. We thank you for those who are online. Tonight, we just ask that you would bless this offering. Bless these people. May these dollars be used to build your kingdom, and we'll give you all praise, glory, and honor in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you give. We all have a responsibility to speak Jesus to the nations around us. And that is what Jesus has called each of us as Christians to do. We speak to nations. You may be seated.
As you may know, our promotional materials for this evening's mission celebration indicated that Dr. Tom Hermes would be our speaker tonight. Unfortunately, he's unable to be with us. He is recovering well, and there are plans for him to be here for camp beginning Tuesday, so we hope you'll come to hear Dr. Hermes. Pretty quickly, though, when I got that text from him Wednesday evening asking to be relieved of duties, it didn't take me long to come up with who it might be that we ask to preach in his place. Uh, I think when I called him, he thought I was asking him to fill in for me maybe this morning at Rushville, but the Lord had something different in mind. Tonight, our speaker is no stranger to us. He has served as an administrator and faculty member at our own Ohio Christian University. He's our past general missionary superintendent and has been a part of World Gospel Missions member services team serving missionaries around the world. He currently serves as a staff pastor at our Crossroads Church in Circleville and is our 3CU missionary evangelist. He is available for services and would love to come and preach the gospel at your church on any Sunday. Will you please join me in welcoming tonight our speaker, Dr. David Latimer. Praise the Lord. Well, he told the truth. Beware getting a call from David Ool. I was sure that he was going to invite me to come back to speak at Rushville again. And I, I was happy to do that. And I have to admit that when I found out the real reason for his call, I had to do a double take. Uh, uh, substitute for Tom Hermes. Uh, I, I, I'm not joking. If there's, if there's a better holiness preacher in our land, I haven't heard him. We are so blessed. And I, 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 I'd already planned to come tonight so I could hear Tom. But the Lord has, haven't you enjoyed this service, huh? Haven't you enjoyed this service? Wow, those kids, are, that, that's, that act's hard to follow, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. And Nathan, Arnie, wherever you are, I, I don't know what more I can say to you that he didn't. Thank, thank you for, for your, your message. Uh, when I told my wife about uh, David's call, my mind quickly went back to another time where I, I, I had been called and asked to speak for uh, someone else. 
And uh, my wife said, what does this mean? I said, well, they just want me to be a substitute. And she says, what do you mean by a substitute? And I said, you know, when you accidentally break a window in your house and you cut out a piece of cardboard and you stick it in where the hole is until you can get the window repaired. And she said, oh, honey, she said, you're not a substitute. You're a real pain. <laughs> With wives like that, how, how, can I, how can I lose? How can I lose? I invite, if I were to ask you to turn to your favorite verse of Scripture in the New Testament, I have an idea that many of you would turn to Romans chapter 8 verse 28, and I invite you to turn there. Is this a passage that I often look to of, in terms of world missions? It is not. It is not. But God spoke to me, and I, I want to read to you. I'm reading to you from the, the New International Version, verse 28 to verse 30. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. I want to call your attention to one phrase that appears three times in these three verses. God talks about those who are called. And I... I I just want to pose a question to each of you. Have you been called? Have you been called? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for what my eyes have seen, what my ears have heard, and what you've witnessed to my heart through this service. Thank you for the ministry that's already taken place. Lord, I need your help. Would you quicken my mind? Would you quicken my heart? Would you quicken the ears of those that sit sit before me? Grant, Lord, the truth of your word will become clear, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Many people fear this word call in reference to themselves. They're afraid to say, I am called. But as the Bible uses this term, the call of God, in essence, it means the same thing as the will of God. What what do I mean? Everything that is God's will for you is God's call for you. And just as you can know the will of God for you, 
so you can know his call for you. The Bible is filled with accounts of the call, those that were called of God, the Old Testament. Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Gideon, Samson, Elijah, Elisha, Isaac, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Amos, Jonah, the New Testament. We see where God called the, the various apostles, especially, of course, Peter and, and, and Paul. It's, it's important to study all of these calls, but it's also important not to use any of them as a pattern. Why? There's no two of them alike. And, and yours will be different. My spiritual dad, Melvin Maxwell, told me about how he got called. He was he, was, he had given his heart to the Lord, was attending one of our churches up in Michigan. And uh, the, the church was looking for a pastor, and they decided to have a, a, a meeting of the leadership. And in the middle of that meeting, someone got up and said, Melvin, I think you ought to be our pastor. And that's how he, he was called to ministry. That didn't happen to me. I, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 11 years old. And I knew from back then, if I ever did God's will for my life, I, I'd end up being the ministry. Of course, I never told anyone. I didn't want anyone to know. And when my older brother came to me that night, October 2nd, 1964, and as a law student at Ohio State University, David, why don't you give your heart to Christ? I said, I can't do that. He said, why not? I said, if I, if I do that, I'll have to leave law school and enter the ministry. He, he said, really? He said, did you mean that? I said, yeah, but I didn't want you to know it. God has called all of us because he has a will and a plan. For every one of us. There's, a, again, no two calls alike. But what are, what are the calls of God? Of course, the first one, the major one, God calls every person to salvation. Huh? Listen to Jesus, Luke 5, 32. Jesus said, I have come to call the righteous, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. God is calling a world right now to repentance. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Aren't you glad he called you? Out of darkness. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Aren't you glad? Galatians 5.13. You, my brothers, were called to be free. Aren't you glad for that? 1 Corinthians 1.9. 
God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Aren't you glad he called you into fellowship with Jesus? And then Paul's words to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of all witnesses. So let me ask you. Have you been called? You have. You have. Oh, yeah. We've been called to repentance. We've been called out of darkness into light. We've been called to peace. We've been called, blessed is his name, to freedom, to fellowship with Christ, and we've been called to eternal life. But God has a special call for his children those who profess him as their personal savior. What are we called to? We're first, of course, called to holiness of heart and life. First Thessalonians 4, 3, it is God's will that you be sanctified. What again, what does that word sanctify mean? Go, go to Webster's Dictionary and it will, it will give you a twofold definition. To, to sanctify is to set apart, huh? And it is also to cleanse. First Thessalonians 4, 7, God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Huh? He not only wanted to forgive us of the acts of sin, he wanted to cleanse us from the very nature we were born with. Do you remember the words of Psalm 51, 5? The psalmist said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We came into this world. No one had to teach us how to sin. We knew how. We knew how. Huh? So God has called us to holiness of heart and life. He's called us to witness, huh? to share our faith, Acts 1.8. You will, Jesus said to the disciples, you will receive power, I love that word in the Greek, dynamos, from which we get our English words, of course, dynamo and dynamite. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Do we pass that command off and say it's only for first generation Christians who heard it, huh? Oh, no. We, we certainly want to claim all the promises, the blessings that were given to those first century Christians. We also need to listen to the commands. Listen to the words of Jesus, Matthew 10, 32. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Have, how about it, believer? Have you been called? Have you been called? Oh, yes. We've also been called to service. There's a group of metaphors throughout the New Testament that describe what our service to the Lord should be. Jesus gives several. 
in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 13, he said we're to be the salt of, of the world, huh? We're, we're, to, we're to bring flavoring to this decaying world. The very next verse, Matthew 5, 14, Jesus said, you're the light of the world, huh? What a world of darkness in which we live. Christ's light in a world of spiritual darkness. That's, that's, our, that's part of our service. And then John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am, uh, I am the vine. And you are the branches. And without me, you can do nothing. You can't produce any fruit. But the, the picture there is if we're connected to him, if the branches are connected to the vine, we should be, it's the vine that produces the fruit. And then Paul gives us several. 1 Corinthians 3.9 he, he says, each part of God's building built on the foundation of Christ. Huh? The church is there depicted as a, as a building. And you and I know buildings have a lot of different parts. And, we, and thank God he supplied the different parts for, for the church. Also, he, he says there in, in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, that we are God's field, huh? And we're expected to yield a harvest for the one who, who planted us. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, each believer is a particular part of the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And every single part has a function, yeah. So what, what, what is our call? We are, we're called to holiness. We're called to witness. We're called to service. But there's a danger. A danger that we repeat the, the tremendous error made by the nation of Israel throughout the Old Testament. What, what was their error? God called Israel to be a blessing to the world. Listen to Genesis 12, 3. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. They missed it. They missed it. Listen to Exodus 19, 6. The Israel was called to be priests. The word says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What's the job of a priest? It's to intercede between God and people. God wanted to use the nation of Israel as an instrument that he could use to reach the rest. There was a great commissioning that God gave in the Old Testament to Israel. Hear it again. Isaiah 49, 6. They were called to be a light to the Gentiles. He said, God said to them, I will make you a light to the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the world. Huh? That sounds great, great commission to me. 
Israel failed. God wanted to use Israel to reach the Gentile world. They failed. Why? Israel saw their call in terms of privilege instead of terms of service. God help us as the church not, not to accept our, our, our blessings huh, from the Lord and fail to see the service. Finally, the church as people of God We are called to world evangelism. And again, some people might want to pass off some of these commands, say, oh, that was only for those first century believers. Every Christian, now listen, every Christian is as much sent by Christ as Christ was sent by the Father. Did you remember what Jesus said to the disciples? On that first Easter, huh? Jesus said, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. Everyone who has responded to his call to come is responsible for the command to go. Are you called to go? World evangelism is God's top priority today. Thank you for that amen. I hope you got another one over there. World evangelism is God's top priority. And if we're going to be the church that he wants us to be, it needs to be our top priority. Everyone who receives the Holy Spirit is to be a witness from their Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. Now, are we, we're all called. That's the point I'm trying to make. But we're not all called to go in the same way, obviously. But all of us are called to go to the ends of the earth in your praying. Remember, way back how many years ago, I was teaching at the college and pastoring the church there on the campus and had the audacity to invite Dr. Wesley Duell to come to our little church. You talk about a man of God. Wow. I'll never forget some of the things that he shared with us then. Listen to this. Dr. Duell said then, and I think it's true today, the greatest lack today is not people or funds. The greatest need today is prayer. Without increasing the number of our Christian workers or their financial support, We could see multiplied results if we would only multiply our prayer efforts. You and I have been called to pray for world evangelism. God has called us. Let me ask you this. And I got got to be honest with you. As I I prepared this, 
I had to take a walk in my backyard and talk to the Lord about it, about how well David's been doing. What do I mean? What if every believer prayed for our missionaries as much as I do? Will you ask yourself that question? What if everyone prayed for every one of our missionaries as much as you do? What would the impact be on their ministry? Prayer is not the only thing that you can do, but it's the most important thing that you can do. After you pray, yeah, there's other things you can do. But until you, you can't do more than pray until you have. Boy, I, 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 I hope you, you, you need to start doing what he's doing over here. It'd be a big help, huh? Thank you. Thank you. All of us are called to give. Hmm? All of us are called not only to pray, we're called to give. Um, I, 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 I'd really rather not say, say it that way. Um, people get surprised when I tell them, I don't believe in giving to missions. Do you believe me? I don't believe in giving to missions. Because you know what? When I give to something, it's because it's from a heart of love. And I want to give it, and I'm not looking for anything in return. Huh? I don't give to missions. I invest. Huh? I invest. That's why I do my best to keep in touch with our missionaries. And when they're around, I want to I hear a report. I want to know what they're doing because I want to be a part of their ministry. Amen, David. That's good preaching. You and I have been called to give. For years, I taught missions classes at OCU. And I used to tell my students, you need to start supporting missionaries yourself. And back then, you know, I was only asking them to support a missionary for $10 a month. You know, in what, what, what we called a share back then. And uh, students would say, oh, I, I'm just a poor student. I can't give now. And uh, later in life, when I make more, then I'll give. You know what? You know what I told them? If you don't give now, you won't give then. Huh? And for those who are, who are procrastinating, no, are, are these great financial times? No, they're not. But if you're not giving now, you won't give any more when it comes in. God help us. There are several ways. He, you, you, you know the different ways to give. Thank God for those that give out of their budget. Thank God for those that, get that, that sacrifice. We used to call it February sacrifice. I had a pastor that cornered me once. His, uh, his wife was the missionary president of his church, and their kid power offering was coming. 
And uh, he was quite a mechanic. And she decided to have a yard sale uh, to, to raise more money for the, uh, the kid power offering. And she went through his garage with him. How long, you, how long has it been since you used this? And how long since you used this? And how long since you've used this? And she, when she got answers, <coughs> he, he, was, he was giving me a hard time for all the tools he lost <laughs> in that yard sale. We can also give through faith promise. Do you, do you remember what it is? Huh? I'm, I'm, when I talk about faith promise, I'm talking about funds God gives through me that he would not give to me for any other purpose. Have you experienced the excitement of giving by faith? Have you done it? Oh, I, my, my, I, I remember so well a, a, a Christmas time. My wife and I had been, been so busy, we, we hadn't opened all the cards. She's out in the ki- kitchen working away, and I started opening uh, Christmas cards, and lo and behold, an elderly pastor's wife, whose husband was in heaven, sends me a card, and she says, David, I don't know what this is for, but God won't le- let me alone. You put it where it's supposed to be. It was a check for $1,000. Where did she find that? <laughs> I took that to the kitchen. You want to you know where it went? It went to our faith promise offering. That, that's where it went. God has called us to pray, all of us. God has called us to give. And God has called some of us to go. Oh, Willard, how I praise the Lord for this reward that, that Willard has received all the people that he, he's been responsible. Butch Jenkins for all the people you've helped to make trips. I tell you, one of, one of the, 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 the ministries that I, I worked the hardest on at OCU was getting students to go on mission trips. Huh? Because the statistics that David quoted are, are true. People aren't going to go until they go and see it for themselves what God is doing and what the need is. When was the last time you prayed that God would call a missionary out of your church? Huh? When was the last time you prayed, oh God, call a worker out of our church? Did you know that Jesus only gave one prayer request in all of the Gospels? David quoted it. The harvest is ripe. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. The harvest is ripe. The labors are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth workers. The Greek word there is an interesting one. Emeo. It means to thrust something out. It's a word that can be used of throwing something overboard. 
And sometimes God has to use some good, some strong methods to get people's attention. Let me, let me close. This is a part of my message that most of my people enjoy the most. And so I usually close it several times. <laughs> let me simply close. I, ask, I just started off by ask, asking you, are you called of God? I want to close by saying, you can know God's call for you. You can know God's will for you. God is far more anxious to show you his will than you are to know it. Whether we're talking about your praying, your giving, your going. He's your father. He loves you. No human father has ever been so anxious to make his will clear. He longs for you to understand clearly and exactly what he's calling you to do. The, as long as you truly desire to know God's will, you're going to find it. You're going you're to find it. Now, what, what, what is it you need to do? Number one. Be sure that you're totally surrendered to God's will. Be sure that you say an eternal yes to God and his will, whatever, wherever, whenever. In other words, hereafter, the question is no longer if, but the question is, what do you want me to do, Lord? When do you want me to do it? And how do you want me to do it? Secondly, be sure you're already doing the will of God as you know it. How's your Bible reading? How's your praying? How's your witnessing? How's your stewardship? Why would God want to tell you something new if you're not already doing the things he's already spoken to you about? How many times has this happened in the Latimer home? I'm in the, the study in, 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 trying to read, and the cook gives a holler and says, dinner's ready, come now. And of course, do I drop immediately? How many of you guys do? Not me. I'm in the middle of a paragraph, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish. And then I'll get there, and I'll say, hey, lady. When are you going to find a new sermon? She says, when you start obeying this one, then I'll find another one. Huh? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Huh? The third thing I would suggest, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Romans, it's so clear. He said, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now get this. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect 
will. My wife was singing to me on the way here. A little little song. We've been looking for it and haven't been able to find it, but she, she remembers them. And I, the words of this song, I think, concludes what I'm trying to say tonight better, better than I can. It's a little song that asks a question. Has your mind caught the vision? Has your heart felt the thrill of the call of the master? Will you answer, I will? For the conflict of the ages, sung by prophets and by sages, is upon us. It's upon us today. Huh? Have you been called? Stand with me for a prayer, will you please? Phil and Crystal are going to come and lead us in a song in just a moment. Heavenly Father, Thank you for these precious people. Thank you that they're here. They care enough to be here. Thank you for those that brought these precious children. Thank you, Lord, for the offering that's been received. Thank you for just the fun of being together. But, oh, God, would you speak to your people? Would you start with me? I can't do some things I used to. But oh God, whatever time I've got left, I want your perfect will. I want to fulfill your call on me. May that be the heart cry of every person that's here. I plead in Jesus' name. If God is calling you, you need someone to pray with you. We've got plenty of people here that would love to pray with you. God bless you. I will go with 
to keep singing that, but I can't help but say, what's the easiest way for Christians to lie? Huh? What's the easiest way for believers to tell a lie? I fear that it's to sing the hymns of consecration and not mean what you're saying. Huh? I believe that's the easiest way for Christians to sin. Can you sing it again and mean it? Huh? Is God speaking to your heart? You need to pray. Amen. Lead us on, Phil. Go ahead. He will give me grace and Pastors together around the altar. Let's let's have a prayer time with it with these that are here. Amen. Thank you for coming. God bless you. If you have to leave, gather around. Pray for Dr. Hermes. Pray for Dr. Hermes and and the strength that he needs for Tuesday night. Amen. Amen.
we're going to continue to pray. You may be seated. I'm going to invite Dr. Mike Holbrook, our general superintendent, to come and close us in prayer this evening. Father, we thank you for this uh, powerful message tonight. We all are called. Lord, there was a time that maybe we said yes, but you're wanting us to say yes to something new and fresh today. May we be willing to say yes to you each and every day, each and every moment, each and every prayer, because that could change. Thank you, Father, for these that have come to the altar tonight, but we also thank you for those that have attended this service. They heard a message today that was anointed. They heard a message today that was from you. Lord, may each and every one of us open up our heart to the truth that was just shared tonight. We love you, Lord. We have said yes, but I pray even for my own heart that you will just speak to me. And Lord, wherever you would have us to go, that's what we want to do. So it would be open to your perfect will uh, tonight. Thank you for Brother Latimer. Be with him. And we just pray again for these at this altar to find victory. And just to say one big yes, but also each and every day to be willing to say yes to whatever you had put before us. We love you tonight, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. What a wonderful evening together as we worship God and thank Him for all He's done. As these that we're praying make it back to their seats. We really are, as we wrap up, just have a couple of announcements to make. And the first thing I just want to say is thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being willing to listen to the Spirit and respond however He is calling you to do so. And I want to say thank you for each one who gave, whether you dropped a nickel into the offering plate or whether you gave a large gift. Every gift matters. Every gift counts. And we're so thankful that you've helped us to move toward our goal. I mentioned to you during the offering time that our goal for this evening's offering was $2,500. We didn't get $2,500. What we did receive was $7,236. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for giving. With everything that we have received thus far then, on a goal of $28,000 this year for Kid Power, we are at $30,673 to the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you all so much. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being here. There may be churches out there still, whether you're here online, you haven't given your Kid Power offering yet for this year, you can still send it in to headquarters. Please do so as quickly as possible as the church year is coming to a close. If you want to be a part of what perhaps could be an historic year in our district for Kid Power, you can still give. And so feel free to do so uh, either through your church or even still yet tonight. Thank you so much for being here. We welcome Reverend Joe Duvall, our district superintendent, to give us some announcements about camp. If you would turn the lights up at this point, I'd like to see your eyes. Amen. All right. I tell you what, uh, what a great message of Dr. Latimer. Man, what a great message. I went to uh, see Reverend Seymour this afternoon, and I just said to him, thank you 
we're giving to the Lord. And I want to say thank you for giving to the Lord. What great examples as leaders that we have. And I want to say to our general of missions, thank you for giving to the Lord. I believe in these days, God is doing a new work, a new thing. And I don't want to be lagging behind. Uh, a couple years ago, I had a thing that I, I, every year I announce at the retreat, a thing that I have for the year. And I had the theme, walk lockstep with Jesus. But these leaders have taught us how to do that. Amen? And I just thank God for that. Monday night is ladies' night. And I want Molly, Reverend Molly Burwinkle to stand up. She's going to be the preacher of that night. Amen? Is that right? You're going to be the preacher, or you're going to speak, yes. She's, well, she's a preacher, and I want to tell you something. She is an anointed servant of God. Now, she happens to be Phil Spriggs' mother-in-law. That's right. But, uh, but she, she is an anointed one of, woman of God, and I believe that God is going to minister in a powerful way. Now next, tomorrow night, you get to come an hour later. It's 7 o'clock. And then Tuesday through Saturday, it's 7 o'clock. And then next Sunday night, it's 6 o'clock. Dr. Tom Hermes is planning on being here. He, he, he said he every, every day says, I'm a little stronger. But we have a, a plan in case he's not able to be here. And I'll just share with you that each night we have, in his stead, a district board of trustee member, just in case, if all of a sudden he runs out of steam on Wednesday or Thursday, don't worry, we're a plan, and, uh, but I believe he's going to keep, you know, keep on, but just so you know. So make sure, and then on Sunday night, it'll be at 6 o'clock, course we know that uh, Reverend Murphy is going to be the, uh, the song leader, worship leader. He is a tremendous servant of God. He uh, happens to be a Nazarene, but uh, he's Church of Christ Christian that week. But I just want you to know that God is on the move. He's doing great and powerful things. And again, tonight, we want to give thanks to the man of God over here, Willard Stanball, I tell you again, what a great ministry he's done. Uh, I, I, I remember that I played tennis on a tennis court at Ohio Circleville Bible College way back then that he helped build over there. And uh, so, I mean, just so much around, across the street and around the world, his family has poured their lives into ministry. This is just a great night. Dr. Latimer. Willard Stanball, Dr. Tipton's back here, our former general superintendent, our general superintendent now who just prayed. I believe that this denomination is going to be blessed in the future because of these great men of God. Stand together. I know that you're done hearing announcements. You can see them all over Facebook if you want to see them. Uh, I ask you to share uh, 
the announcements there. But I believe tonight God is still calling. Some of you have experienced that call. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we have spoke to at least two people tonight and say, God is doing something in my life. I believe what experience I've had tonight listening to a message from God's servant about a call. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, as we always say on Sunday morning. Come back and bring something with you tomorrow night.